Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello? Brother Duncan, you and your host online. Okay. Hello. Yes, this is... uh, Yeah, both of y'all on online. Yeah, this is... So from now, like I said, I'm not going to talk. I'm just going to text you the numbers that's on the line. Okay, as I'm unmuted now because it's going on the recording. Yes, I can hear you, Duncan. This is vision. This is vision, sight, and purpose uh, with uh, uh, PEOT Radio, the award-winning PEOT Radio. This is vision, sight, and purpose, speaking truth to power and developing ideas to change. Our topic today is black expectations and our uncanny ability to overcome mostly sometimes impossible odds so on our last show we spoke on the economical or economic uh stresses that may uh isolate us out to certain opportunities that we proved to be great in that was spoken by esper that was on the last show that she wasn't able to come on the show right now i have demon demon james a social worker that I met at my job at Hopper High School, and he's going to be my co-host today. So this this, uh, subject was inspired by the situation that came on with um, Simone Biles, gymnast that was the greatest gold medal winner in gymnastics and also was in the Tokyo Olympics and had to, for stress reasons, bail out of the team competition because she felt a danger of her ability to do the gymnastic stunts that she does on the gymnastic uh, arena that she uh, is great in, in that athletic ability. So last last, uh, show, we spoke of, of it seems as though anything that we're kept from, no matter what it is, academically, athletically, or, or entertainment-wise in the media, that we excel in greatness compared to those controlling ethnic groups and governmental and corporate powers that control it. So right now, I'm going to introduce my co-host, Demon James, Demon James, and if I'm pronouncing his name right, and uh, give his opinion on this subject. What do you have to say about this? Well, hello, uh, everyone. Uh, I want to thank you first and foremost, Brother Duncan, for inviting me on uh, to be your co-host today. 
um, a little bit about me uh, first. Uh, you mentioned it earlier, and you you did pronounce the name correctly uh, the the second time, the last time. Uh, it's Demon James, Demon James, and I've done uh, social work. Um, uh, like Brother Duncan said, I worked at Harper High School for a stint with him doing work with the youth and the uh, the teenagers that were there. Uh, I do some activist work, um, work in the church, um, uh, transition coordinator uh, for CPS schools, uh, with uh, a host of other roles that I uh, play and bring um, uh, with experience. So uh, with that said, um, the situation with uh, Simone Biles, uh, I think it, it was something else that may have been disturbing her, uh, not just uh, the physical aspect of it with her, uh, I don't know if it was her leg, foot, or ankle, uh, but I think other things played a part in how uh, the Olympics ultimately uh, turned out. Uh, I don't know if, if, if you remember, uh, Duncan, but they were saying that uh, she had to be graded on a different scale, uh, uh, different from everybody else, because she was so good uh, at what she did uh, as a gymnast. And she wasn't the first uh, female black gymnast that, you know, had success in that field. She's just one of the most decorated when it comes to the medals uh, that she's won in, in the Olympics and other um, uh, categories, other um, um, challenges and, and races that she's uh, participated in or um, shows that she's participated in. So we've had uh, Dominique Dawes, uh, Gabby Douglas is one of the most uh, recent ones before Simone Biles uh, 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 became uh, more famous. But we've had some success uh, with black female gymnasts uh, but Simone Biles has pushed it to another level. Uh, she is she is considered to be the GOAT uh, in her field, and that just means the greatest of all time in her field because she has won uh, medal after medal after medal. Uh, but because they said that they, they would, would rate her on a different scale, a, a, a slightly different or sliding scale, because she was so good, I don't think she should be penalized for being great at what she does. But that's what so many of them, what they do to us as a people, uh, we're always looked at differently. We're always graded differently. Uh, we, we always have to compete at the highest level and still don't get the credit that we deserve. So, so with that said, because they said that, notice it was after that was being talked about or released uh, that she decided to bow out. So I don't think it was just physical uh, why she couldn't compete at that time. That played a major part in it. But she also cited, you know, her mental health, doing what's best for her. Um, and I think that played a part in her decision. And then she even came back and participated in uh, uh, the competition. I think it was an individual competition. It may have even been, um, correct me if I'm wrong, Brother Duncan, a team competition. Uh, and then there was another young lady, I can't quite think of her name, uh, who, who competed uh, in her stead, in her place, and she won the gold medal. She's also from the U.S. 
Uh, but I just think that we're looked at differently uh, because everything that we we do, like you said, Brother Duncan, we excel in. You know, our people excel in, you know, whether it be tennis. Uh, first it was Brother Arthur Ashe, you know, who's a, a brother, African-American man who won on that, that highest level. And then uh, with Venus and Serena Williams in tennis, they, they've reached a, a plateau for African-American, especially females in that field, because that, that was uh, unheard of. Uh, but that dad, which um, was that coach, did a phenomenal job with them. And I believe there's a movie uh, that Will Smith is playing the dad uh, of Venus and Serena Williams. I haven't seen it yet. I do plan on seeing that because, I, you know, I like stories like that. I like to support, you know, black stories, black success. I like to support black actors and actresses and, you know, producers and, and, and movie makers, things of that nature. Uh, but we always excel. Michael Jordan in basketball, considered to be the greatest of all time. Now there's a debate uh, between he and LeBron James. That's talked about a lot. Um, uh, well, any sport, you know, uh, Barry Bonds in baseball, you know, home run king. Um, uh, so we always excel in everything because our genetic makeup uh, is 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 I don't want to say superior, but we have, you know, that the melanin in, in, in us as a people. And there's so many different aspects uh, that we could touch on why, you know, why we run faster, jump faster, think faster. You know, uh, we uh, were the first to, to have civilizations and the first uh, uh, would develop systems of mathematics and sciences and different things of that nature and, and archaeology. So, you know, the pyramids, you know, they still can't quite uh, uh, determine how they were built. But all that came from us, from our people. Uh, and and the, the situation that we're in today, you know, even in America being, you know, one of the greatest nations to ever exist, uh, the place that we're in now as a people is is not a good place. Uh, we've been uh, enslaved, so to speak, you know, and I know that we're, we're technically free now, but we've been under the, the power of the other race, the other people, the other man. They like to keep us under their feet, but we always find a way to, to survive. We always find a way to thrive. We always find a way uh, to supersede what they limit us to. And that's just because of who we are as a people and how, how we're made, our genetic makeup and how God made us to be. Uh, so we always, always, always wind up being on top, no matter how much they try to, to, to keep us down. Um, and we can go on and on and on, you know, but I, I want you to chime in a little bit, Brother Duncan, on some of those things that I just touched on. All right. So um, you mentioned the way she um, kind of uh, bowed down from uh, going for the um, goal when she was in the team um, competition. And mm -hmm. uh, there's, been two, there's been two conversations on that. Uh, 
even a personal conversation of herself, Simone Biles mentioned in an uh, interview, why she felt uncomfortable in doing the uh, balance beam and the uh, mm -hmm. team exercises, because the balance beam is the most dangerous and most difficult, I guess. Uh, I don't know about the uneven bars. That's a lot of risky, too. But the balance beam, you could just look at that like that's amazing how they have to um, uh, walk across that beam that's, that's uh, just wide enough for your feet to land on. And then at the same time, they're supposed to, uh, when they stick to get the best score, they have to do what they do, and then they have to uh, land and not wobble and uh, be sturdy. And even when they uh, jump off the, uh, the balance beam, the landing even gives them points. If they land straight up and don't step back or don't uh, stay within the perimeter of a certain measure on the mat. But uh, to go to the conversation they meant on, uh, uh, mentioned about that, uh, Simone Biles said that she felt that a uh, term that they used, she had the twisties, or like, it's a certain point where while they're in the air, they have to know where they're at in the air. That's kind of amazing to think about that. So, so when they land, they land the way they should land. And if you don't have that balance or that awareness in the air, then it's risky on how you will land. But another thing was mentioned about since she had this mental uh, pressure or uh, lack of sturdiness in uh, how she should uh, ac accomplish that goal, that she stepped down because she felt that because her points and her ability to get the highest score was going to affect the rest of the team efforts. And uh, some people that don't know the sports criticize her about it. But most people who know, knew the sport and had been in the competition and know about the sport commended her about it. And what I think about that is we as a people, we are always talked about as in the the degradation and the difficulties that we have in our community, that we are aggressive, that we are more uh, less moral in our character and, and thoughts of uh, uh, one another and another human being and stuff like that. But what was pointed out is that she showed great integrity, even though she might have been able to complete the team effort and maybe the American team would have lost a medal or not gained a medal or the medal would have been lower. She thought about the team more than herself. And when I that think about point. that. Right. Now, now let, me, let me add this. Uh, this is an a article from uh, Marka.com on Simone Biles. And um, it goes on to say that Biles notoriously withdrew from the tournament early in Tokyo, citing mental health issues. Although she will return to win a bronze medal on the balance beam, Biles' withdrawal was one of the major stories of the games, especially as it brought mental health to the table in an elite athlete following on from Naomi Osaka's Wimbledon withdrawal for the same reasons. She said in a Twitter post, uh, mental health comes first above any medal. 
and she tweeted this, how has it only been two weeks since Tokyo? I've been reminded over and over of how grateful I am for my support system. Mental health comes first. That's more important than any other medal you could win. Thank you. So, so she, didn't, she didn't talk about the, the physical aspect in that. So with, for me, I'm able, oh, I, I know how to read in between the lines. She was bothered by that, that being rated that way. She was bothered that they would not score her how she should be scored if she's performing at a, at a high level, at an almost perfect level. She's doing moves that nobody else can do. She's, she's performing moves uh, that has her name on it, that she, met, that she made that nobody else has been able to repeat or mimic or do. So, so with her coming back to me, it was her getting past the prejudice that's placed upon people of color in, the, in different uh, uh, sports and different uh, venues and avenues. So she was able to get past that and say, hey, I'm going to compete. I'm going to go back out. I'm going to do what I do best. I'm going to support my team, and I'm going to get past this. So that, that, that's what I think that was, Brother Duncan. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you saying that, some of the moves that was a, her signature moves was the expectation on her to do it. And even if she just did the normal moves or, or something that would great, get her a score, she was pressured by that. So that's that's the added pressure that she had during that competition. Is that what you're saying? So the, the pressure was like she's performing to the best of her abilities and she's performing – at almost perfect scores, but the judges are not judging her because she is she's the she's the best in her field, so they're not judging her accurately. She should have perfect oh. scores across the board, but the judges are saying, "Hey, nobody else can do what she can do, so let's let's judge her a little lower to get everybody else a chance <laughs> to compete." Oh, okay. You you see what I mean? That's what that was about. That's exactly what that was about. So for her to to hear that, and remember, she's there. She's dealing with all this stuff face-to-face. She's Mm -hmm. actually there. So it's going to take a toll on you when you're not only hearing that, but you're experiencing this stuff. So she bowed out. She 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 mm. said, "Hey, I'm not I'm not gonna do it, and I'm gonna fight. You know, I may fight, you know, ankle or foot, you know. But then she goes on mm. to say, mental health. She she called mental health is more important than any medal. Oh, the mental hallelujah. the men, the mental health that she was dealing with was the prejudice that they were trying to place on her. That's what she was dealing with. Right. Right." Yeah, and you know when I think about athletes that's in the limelight, and when they speak out on certain issues that are not uh, basically understood by the public, or uh, just looking at the entertainment, or looking at the uh, the uh, greatness of the athlete or the artist or whatever it might be that's in the limelight, uh, a lot of times I admire our uh, uh, black athletes that's in that light. 
that be courageous enough to resist the the media pressure and the fame pressure for a greater sacrifice for humanity. That's one reason why I always claimed that Muhammad Ali was the greatest boxer of all, because he resists going to Vietnam War because mm-hmm. he said there's no reason for me to fight a people or kill a people or have go at war with the people that have done nothing to me. And also I'm not free and got my opportunities in the country that I live in. So why should That's I right. do that? And, right. you know, uh, a, lo- a lot of times when we, uh, you know, uh, I think it's Jack Johnson, he was a great boxer, one of the first great, great boxers that defied things when they was lynching a black man for some of the things he did. You know, mm-hmm. uh, this, these things show a courage and a spirit in these people. It's like almost God placed them to be excelling in this time and in this era to see how we could make it through and show up or a, a voice out of one person that is that's looked at for that will speak to the hearts of us all as a black uh, race in this United States, you know, mm-hmm. being so so abused and so oppressed. So I'm going to take another station identification. This is P-O-E-T Radio, which is the uh, acronym for People of Extraordinary Talent, on vision, sighting, purpose, speaking truth to power, and developing ideas to change. And my co-host is Damon James, a social worker that I that worked with me at Harper High School. And uh, so let's go on of how we are ex, ex, uh, has this great expectation, and yet. We have to. We have a, a ability to overcome great odds against our uh, our ability, even with our great expectation. It's it's always seems that in order for us to get a, the same place, a same uh, a same opportunity of favor as our uh, 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 ethnic counterparts or other races, that we expected to do. Ten times better. Uh, we have to show ourselves as greater achieve uh, ability to achieve, whereas we can't be resisted. We just have to have the door open. Which we have to like. It's almost like we have to pry the door open for our opportunity. Mm-hmm. And yet, in the same t- as same token, in prying that door open, us as a nation of people over here that's been kidnapped and brought over here. There's a uncanny suppression of keeping certain things that keep us as a group out of certain uh, uh, achievements of prosperities. And then even when we uh, come together as a group, march, fight, uh, 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 what we had the situation with Black Wall Street when we were forced to come together to do best for what our people needed we we had to be stopped cold we had to be cut down like hey you can't do this this is too much 
when we had the civil rights movement with the Black Panthers and they was trying to ask for equal justice by the police, oh, you militant and and you have to be cut down. You got to be investigated. We need the government to infiltrate you. Um, and then now at this point in time right now, when we are very wealthy in the entertainment with the rap and the music, it's like it's an unkinding ability for those who own that media structure. Oh, we're going to support the music that doesn't promote any unity, love, or respect amongst our people, but only violence and degradation and immoral conversation rather than a lot of rappers that want to put out a positive message and those that want to have a great talent for something that will give a strong message of respect for our people. So, So... what do we have to face, or what do you think is the reason why this is, is they, they say, sometimes they say, uh, uh, people, I've heard people say, they in fear of us. And then I used to reject that because I used to think, how could they be in fear of us and they got all the weapons and all the power? So it must be something that they know that we are able to overcome as a group compared to what we what we are shown to overcome in any individual way. What do you think about that? Okay. I mean, I, I, I do believe that in a sense they are afraid deep down inside, not on the surface, because like you said, you can't see it on the surface because they have all the weapons, they have the, the financial market sewn up, you know, they, they, they have all the, the, um, the businesses and the, the, you know, Fortune 500 companies, so they have that stuff here. So, but they're afraid of us and what our potential is, that there could be an uprising and that we could begin to walk in the, the, the path that God has ordained for us as a people to walk in. So I believe that that is that plays a part in it too, that they are afraid of us. That's why they had that's that's why they shoot our people dead in the street, you know, as opposed to uh, a white person that could do the same or doing the same thing that the black person was doing, but the white person doesn't get killed, the black person gets shot dead in the street like a, a, a dog or a snake. You know, so, so in a sense, they are afraid of us. And we need, we need to unify. We need to, to solidify our alliances and our, our, our motives and methods and uh, come together. We need to do those things. And in order to do those things, we need somebody that's going to step up and lead. You know, we need a national leader for our people. You talk about uh, what the black expectations are. Well, what are the black expectations? What is it that black America or black folks in general, what do we expect? Because we don't have expectations. You know, nobody is going to realize it and work with us on getting those expectations met. 
The, mm-hmm. You know, nobody's going to give us anything for free or just drop anything in our lap. We have to demand it. We have mm-hmm. to expect it, and we have to require it. But we need a leader. We need somebody who's going to have the, the cojones to step up and lead. Uh, what they do when we get a leader or we get somebody to spearhead in the charge, they do the same old tricks, tactics. They do divide and conquer. They always throw something in or put something in to divide us. You know, they always put bait out there for uh, one brother to uh, to betray another brother. No, we need to stick together. We need to elect or have a leader, and we need to come up with a black agenda. What is the expectation? What do we want? First of all, we want to be treated fairly. You know, we never we never ask anything from our counterpart from white America. We don't ask, we first and foremost want to be treated with decency uh and respect as a human being. We don't want to continue to have our sons and daughters killed and shot in the street. We deserve and we we demand uh uh equal education. We, we, we need the schools in our neighborhoods to have the same funding as the schools in their neighborhood. So, so we need fair housing. You know, that we need uh, 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 equal job opportunities. So, but we need somebody that's going to step up and lead, and we have to be on one accord. And we have to have an agenda. What is it that we're demanding of them? Even when President Barack Obama was was the president, there was nothing that was done in particularly that benefited black folks. And black folks did not have uh, an expectation or did not require uh, President Obama to give black America anything. There was nothing that we sat before him or had in front of them or, you know, uh, there's no agenda, no uh, expectation. Uh, there's nothing that we wanted particularly. Well, we can't do that. We have to have expectations and present them to leadership. You know, we have to let them know what's going on in our community and what our community needs. You, you say speak truth to power. We have to speak truth to them. We have to give, be honest and give them everything in the raw. And let them know what we need. We need police in our neighborhood that look like us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not nobody from another persuasion that's riding down the street and stop our youth and, and, and you know, and, and send them to jail, you know, get the process started to get a, another young black man in the system. No, we don't need that. We need people that's going to develop relationships with our youth, people that's going to work in the communities to get resources so that it'll get our young men off the street, so that it'll get the guns out their hands and get them a trade or a job or something they're interested in, a hobby, you know, whether it be sports, you know, entertainment. You know, we, and we do have people now in the entertainment industry uh, that are rich, that have money, uh, uh, even artists. Artists now are getting their money up front as opposed to, you know, years past where the artists would get shafted. You know, artists didn't used to get the money that they're seeing now. 
because they're having better uh, contracts and, and more, more better agreements that benefit the artist more so than it does the producer or the distributor, you know. And we know, you know, dis- distribution is different now. Everything is uh, digital, electronically, online, uh, which is good. And that's part of the reason why they're getting their money up front or they're getting fair share of their project. But these people that are getting this money, they're getting rich, they're, uh, they, they're amassing millions of dollars. We, now we have to pool some of those resources together, come together, and pour them in our communities. You know, uh, uh, it's good that they're getting paid. It's good that they're getting money. It's good you're getting these $100, 150000000 million contracts. But let's funnel some of it in the black community to help with violence, help with mental health, um, mental health awareness. Let's, let's pull this stuff together so we can do good in our hood. Mm. Yeah, okay. I'm he- I'm hearing that. Now that's another twist to um black expectations. In the in the um subject that I brought forth, I was mainly speaking of the expectation that is called upon us for us to get recognition. But then mm-hmm. when you turn it around the other way, uh the expectation of what we need to ask for or what we need to call for in this uh, American society, that's a different Mm -hmm. expectation. And Mm -hmm. when you speak of our leaders, we need leaders. We have seen how some of these great leaders uh, have been cut down, even with the Kennedys that seemed to be the ones that was more in favor of giving us the opportunity they uh, from John F. Kennedy to Robert Kennedy to Martin Luther King to Malcolm X to um, Edgar uh, what's his name uh, the one who uh, that was uh, the the first one that was a, a, a martyr that was going around trying to get black votes uh, I can't think of his name right now but anyway they sacrificed their life to give us the breakthroughs that we have today. And mm-hmm. the the thing is is when you have a leader and when you uh it's like when you 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 kill the shepherds you scatter the sheep. And I yeah. think what is what we need to do is have a strategy of unity to demand the power. Like you say we've got these black uh, great artists and athletes has got this money, but is there an undercurrent? Because I always tell my young people who admire these athletes and these musicians mostly and are influenced by the music and influenced by the imagery that they put on these videos, you know, they flashing all this money. You know, the number one mm-hmm. thing I tell them is that when you see this propaganda of them flashing all this money, Truly wealthy people don't flash money. You know, mm-hmm. 97% of the money that's transferred in this United States is transferred electronically. And the richest people in this country have more money than the combined wealth of all our wealth, wealthiest black people. And, and mm-hmm. a few of them have more 
income than the entire income of us as a people in this United States. So mm-hmm. it's 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 almost like the laughing stock to those who look behind the scenes and see like, hey, do they really know what they're doing? What they got is pennies to what I have. And as a matter of mm-hmm. fact, a lot of them I feel they the one who paid them. So if they're able to pay them that, you know they ain't going to pay them and go broke. <laughs> they got to mm-hmm. have 10 or 20 or 100 times more. So That's right. You know, so, you know, we have to we have to consider this. And the thing is, is that ownership uh, uh, demands a greater respect in any ethnic group. We see how mm-hmm. the Asian communities, they control their businesses, they employ their own people most of the time, and if anything is outside their culture that they are uh, in need of, you see them in the great professions. You see a lot of Asian people in the hospitals. You see a lot of Asian people in uh, in different uh, professional high-paying places, whereas you 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 know they 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 send their money back to their people. Are they they support their families? Are they bring uh, ownership in their community? Me working in the schools and being a, a custodial worker, and then also working to the union, working with the union, and going around to different schools. I actually walked in different cultural schools that had more of the other ethnic ethnicities than us. None of their benefits or none of their services were cut down. None of their arts, none of their athletic events, none of their services, not even down to their lunchroom uh, uh, menus was changed like it is in, in uh, their school supplies, their band supplies. They, the, everything is, is just a, a whole, like all this stuff they're saying that they have a budget problem with uh, the Board of Education in the schools in Chicago. Only the majorly black schools had see, it showed the degradation or the loss of resources or the loss of activities after school activities or fundings of uh, different sorts. You know, uh, in, in Harper High School, they got a whole floor with a big band room. I never seen no band in Harper High School. So it's, it's, it's just shown that we have no respect of what we need even if it can be supplied because those who respect their na- their neighborhoods and their people, they demand that they get that. They don't listen yeah. to the story. We don't have enough for you. And we right. we seemingly take the situation like, oh, they say they ain't got it. Uh, we can't fight City Hall. We can't stand mm-hmm. up. We can have a black mayor. We can have plenty of black tech po- uh, politicians and aldermen and stuff. But when it comes for us speaking a voice that uh, seemingly supports us uh, is quiet down or no one comes together enough to show strength to make that demand. That's right. That's right. No. Yeah. And you talked about, you know, the, the, the you know, having that, that black leader and, you know, you mentioned a bunch of names from before, you know, back in the, civil rights movement, you know, in, in different times of black leaders that stood up and they demanded certain things. A lot of them 
were killed or assassinated or killed and assassinated. You don't see black leaders being killed today. Back then, they stood up, they killed them. Now they don't have to kill them. Why they don't have to kill them? Because they paying them off. They, they line in their pockets. <laughs> that's why they're not saying that. And that's why they're not stepping up. You know, uh, they could demand things for the black community, but they're not. Now you see the activists trying to do these things. The activists don't get as, as much uh, uh, airtime or attention that, say, a Jesse Jackson would. Uh, senior, that is, you know, and I know he's older now. He can't do the things he used to. Uh, that uh, um, um, what's the guy's name? Uh, uh, Reverend Al Sharpton. You know, he's getting up there. These guys are are aging. We need a younger generation to step up. Like the you said, the other races they demand these things. They require these things. You know, Asians they take care of their people. You know, you don't see lack in their communities. You know, but you see that community thriving, you know. Um, another thing is uh, uh, we have to make good choices when it comes to things like food and, you know, uh, uh, how we spend our money. We, you know, black people like to be flashy. Like you said, you know, we flash money. Those are the ones that don't really have money. They just, you know, they're just showing what they have. The, the real money, like you said, is done electronically you know, digital transactions. But we have to make better food decisions. The food that we eat makes us sick. You know, it it, it, it kills us. You know, you have somebody that dies from high cholesterol, heart disease, you know, different things of that nature, diabetes, and, and, and you can go to the repast, and the same thing that killed them is being served at the repast. You know, whereas you look at something, somebody like an Asian person, you know, uh, when you, I know, you know, everybody on this line or listening to this show, this podcast, has at one time or another been to the emergency room, uh, whether it was for you, yourself, or, you know, relative, somebody else that you went with. We've all been to ER. If you can just think back on the times that you have been there, think, have you ever seen an Asian person in the ER sick. I can't think of one time where, you know, I've been there where I've seen an Asian person that was dealing with uh, an issue like high blood pressure, high cholesterol, uh, heart. And I'm not saying that it doesn't happen to them, but it doesn't happen on the scale that it does with our people. So, So we need to be taught, you know, different things like, you know, food and health, uh, exercise. We need to be taught on finances. We need to be uh, taught about education, politics, different things of that nature. But we need a structure. We need a system uh, that's within this system that benefits us as a people. Um, so those are just, just a few things that I take notice of. Um, I don't know if you want to add to that or take something from that to build upon Yes, uh, uh, I do notice that in the emergency room. It seems like we're the only people who get sick. Are we only the, pe- the only people that suffer casualties? Um, due to the pandemic, I have been trying to take uh, vitamins and uh, 
Yeah, I haven't took my uh, vaccine shot. I'm, 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 I sometimes I think about it, then sometimes I worry about it because they, it seems like they put a scare tactic on it, and then they, sometimes they put education on it that it's really something that's needed. But by that, um, a couple of weeks ago, I got some, I said, well, I probably, I'm getting older, so I said, I probably need something to keep my blood circulating good. So I took some niacin, and um, I didn't know the side effects of it. So it kind of scared me, because I started turning real red, and I felt itchy all over the body. And uh, I said, I ain't never took no vitamin that, you know, had a reaction on this, uh, this fast. And so I ended up going to the emergency room. Eventually, my you know everything quieted down, and I was all right. But in the time I was there, it was a lot of frustration. People were sitting around in the emergency room waiting to be served, but at the same time, they were sitting down in the emergency room. The policies in the emergency room: we have to serve the people according to the severity of their ailment mm-hmm. or their need. Mm-hmm. And in that time, I was there about three to four hours. There was uh, three shot victims that came in, so they mm-hmm. had to get served again. And um, you know, I don't know if my son is listening to this radio, but my son, who is a black, uh, my son is black, and and not uh, and, and we lived on on Damon. Or we moved, and uh, so he opened up a tax business on 79th right off of Ashland. While he was sitting in his car, uh, after he closed his tax, uh, this happened in May, uh, May the 8th to be exact, uh, he was shot in his car. He was shot two times in the head and once in the knee. He's still alive today, but he's blind. And you, 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 I, I give, I give God the glory and all the praise that He's still here. Cause I used to always pray because uh, several, a uh, few casualties. I'm not gonna say several, but it's it's like several, uh, uh casualties of uh, of of death. You know, have came around my family circle. My uh, my daughter Joy, her boyfriend who she had, my angel, my only granddaughter, he was murdered. So that's one person fatherless mm-hmm. from their natural father. Uh, my nephew, uh, his mother was murdered. So that's a mother uh, gone from, you know, the natural uh, child. Mm-hmm. And so I've, I've kind of like been the surrogate father for these fatherless children. And yeah. by that, I used to always pray. I said, I don't want to see none of my children go before me. So when that happened to my son, I said, oh, no. And, you know, I got to praying. And, uh, you know, my prayer was answered because he's still here. So, you know, it's just that it's almost common, you know, that violence or you know, it's it's so close. It's I can't hardly run into anybody, whether they doing good or they really 
in a, a place of uh, poverty or stricken from opportunities in the urban neighborhood that they don't mention some type of immoral or destructive consequences somewhere in their family, you know, and it's just, this is why I come up with business site and purpose, and this is why I speak about the team effort to affect these four systems that rule the world, the spiritual culture system, the political social system, the uh, educational system, and the economic system. And I have a hmm. hard time bringing this out of people understanding it, but I hope that because of the pandemic in these in the pandemic shutting all these systems down, that they realize that these systems is true because you cannot put a law against a virus. You can't lock up a virus, you can't shoot a virus, you can't uh, uneducate a virus, and a virus will economically shut down the world's money, and they can't control a virus with money either, in which we have right. seen that happen. So when we realize my concept, because, I'm, I, you know, everybody has a testimony. He says, oh, I know it might be people on the line that's believers. It may be unbelievers or people of different religions, but it says that, you overcome by the word of your testimony and the blood of the Lamb. So my right. testimony was, once I was, at one time, I was a drug user or I was in a dark tunnel in life, and all, I was on my way to total destruction, to one, one foot in, on land and one foot in the grave. So mm -hmm. I got sick. Uh, and because uh, I used to use drugs intravenously, so I got sick and I caught hepatitis. But when I was in that emergency room, and uh, the Lord spoke to me, and He set me free. And when He set me free, He says, "You can only go back to what you once was by a choice of going back." And I chose not to go back. So that was uh. Uh, 31 years ago in 1990, mm -hmm. yeah. and I would not even, some people say, you know, I would not, because I, I was, my faith, my uh, choice of how I was drugs, but alcohol always make me want to use some drugs. So I mm -hmm. haven't drunk a beer or and smoked a cigarette or a joint or anything that's drug related since then, because I just gave it up. And awesome, awesome. You know, so that's why I had this passion for, because when I asked God, because I wasted about 20 years of my life in that uh, predicament. So I asked God, what can I do to redeem the time that I lost? And he said, I want you to be a voice to the youth, and you'll redeem the, the time in giving a new direction to every youth that you stand in the right path. So. That's why I have such a passion with it. And sometimes yeah. when I was working at Harper and I was going around to the teachers and I presented my thing to the principal, and I even got in a little conflict just recently because uh, I was talking about my program to an after-school program. I don't think it was uh, related to Harper, but it was something that they was allowing in the school since the school was about to close. Uh, and they got upset because I spoke to the kids. But the but see, the thing is, is 
These kids want to hear truth. I believe that truth touches any heart. As God says, God, Jesus said that, uh, feed my sheep. And when you when, when you feed them, if they receive you, then let them follow him. But if they don't, brush the dust off your feet and keep walking. So you got to give a chance for the people to hear. If they don't hear, they can't know and they can't see. So keeping them from understanding, you know, my people perish because of lack of knowledge, keeping keeping them from having an understanding of what the world is about and what's, what they have to deal with in their environment keeps them from seeing through the things they need to break through, you know, mm-hmm. because no one is greater than you and no one's lesser than you and the only one who has the final words is God. So that's what God gave me to do, and that's why I had this program, and that's why, you know, Oh, we need to have a greater understanding. And people like you and me and there's young people out there that wanted to. But we have to bring these mindsets together and these people together on one accord and one and one mindset. It says if anyone anybody touch two touch and agree, they should have what they say. So the more we have agreement and the more we have the positive direction of that agreement with God behind us, it shall change because he's going to support mm-hmm. justice because we have a just God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's good. I like it. Absolutely right. Um, yeah, we, we have to agree. We have to uh, come to a point where we're all on the same page and we're all headed in the same direction. And and that's what the enemy does. He keeps us divided and split up. You know, he's been using the same tactics since creation, since since Genesis and the Garden, uh, when he uh, when he said uh, to uh, Adam and Eve, "Hath God said?" Now they knew what God said because he told them, "You can eat from any tree here, except for the tree of the knowledge of good and evil." And then you know when when the Satan when Satan come you know he he entered into the serpent and said half of God said so he make us doubt first that's what he does he makes us doubt what God has already told us and assured us of once you know what your purpose is your your mission once you know what you're supposed to do God has revealed it to you uh, you have a passion for it it's your calling it's something you love to do. It's helping folks. You have to do it with all of your ability um, because that's what we're called to. We're, we're, we're called to to walk circumspectly and how God ordained us to. So we come together, we get on the same accord, uh, and we pull our resources together to help us as a people, to help black folks. And it starts with one. You can start with one, as I'm saying, each one reach one. So it can start right where you are. You know, you're working in the school. You know, you should be talking to the people. And I know sometimes there are different rules you have to follow and certain things you have to abide by, and that's fine. You know, uh, we are supposed to follow rules. We are supposed to stay in line. But 
we're also supposed to speak what God would have us to speak. And there's a time and a place for everything. So there's a time and a place that it is right to do those things. But we need to come together. We need a plan, and we need to execute that plan. Yes, so I appreciate you, Demon James, and I appreciate you being my co-host on this show. And yes, uh, thank you for having me. I, I look forward. I look forward for you being the co-host uh, whenever you have the opportunity to, and on different subjects and everything. So I'm just gonna. We have a few minutes left on the show, so I'm just gonna say again. This is P E O T P O E T Radio. People of extraordinary talent. Vision, sighting, purpose, speaking truth to power, developing ideas for change. And as this show goes on, uh, what I what I wanted to stand for, I actually wanted to do. After we realize the truth that we need to speak against the power, then we need to take that truth and come with strategies and ideas to make it change. Because there's a difference in knowing something and what's needed in using that knowledge and what's needed to become to develop a solution. So that's that's my idea. And I know my show is every first and third Wednesday of the month and I pray that ever more people join in. These these are recordings is uh recorded and I hope people will come to listen to these recordings that may have missed us online. Or, or didn't come call in on the show because I believe this is very poignant in people hearing in in coming to see the vision of the mission. That's why it's called vision, sight, and purpose. You have to have a vision. You have to have a direction, a goal, a sight, and you got to know what's the purpose of it and what it's supposed to do. So, uh. And speaking of that, I want to lay down one last thing. When it comes to what he spoke about Adam and Eve and being deceived, he spoke of they had everything, but the but the devil said that it was something hold, held back. And it continues to happen in the atmosphere of the world. We could have something, but something could always be held back. And that's where this this principle has been laid on us as a people. If you have something, you you can't say it's just for me. And those who have not, I don't need to share it. Let them get their own. Because that gets division amongst us as a people. That's why these leaders, these politicians, and these uh, people that do have their pockets lined, they don't want to feed what will raise the whole pe- whole race up because they figure, I'm going to lose something. But one thing for sure, when you come to the end of the rope and you got to get back in that box and go under that dirt, ain't nothing going with you. So the real life and the real eternal existence is giving and leaving something behind. So when you, when you go from this planet or from this existence on this physical earth, you will leave something of an inheritance and a remembrance that you was there and you shared your love and your blessing because God's command is to be blessed to be a blessing. So thank you for everybody that's listening and everybody that have listened. And thank you again, uh, Demond James, 
for being on the line. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I enjoyed it. Thank you. All right. God bless you. Bless you. Right. Standing off. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.